Welcome to the uh, the women's Torah class. Uh, this morning we are doing the parsha of Achri Mois Kedoshim, and the ladies just read the uh, the first part of the Torah of Achri Mois, and we just read the Rashi. Just to to recap very quickly, the verse opens up by saying Achri Mois Shnei Bnei Aaron B'Karvasam Hashem Vayimusu after the death of the two sons of Aaron that came close to God, and they died. And the Torah goes on to tell Aaron that you should not die like your two sons who just died, not of an view, but rather you should make sure that you don't enter into the Holy of Holies whenever you want. You should only go on Yom Kippur into the Holy of Holies. And furthermore, you have to bring sacrifices of a bullock, etc., etc., on that day as well. So the question is, why did the children of Aaron die? And the Medrash gives various reasons. Number one, it says that they had no children. Another reason that they died, it says, because they were not married. Another reason, says the Medrash, because they went into the Holy of Holies, and it wasn't Yom Kippur. Another reason was that they lacked garments. In other words, the Kayin had to wear certain garments when he entered into the Holy Temple. And they were Kohanim, and they did not, and they did not wear those garments. They weren't wearing those garments. So, because they were not wearing those garments, therefore they they were punished. Another interpretation is that they were drinking wine, and they entered into the holy temple intoxicated. So, comes the question to mind: What is the reason that they did this? What was the reason that the sons of Aaron? sinned in such a way, and, and furthermore, how do we understand this according to Rashi? What does Rashi say? Rashi says that there is a mushal, a parable, that is given by Rabbi Eliezer ben Azayah, and Rabbi Eliezer ben Azayah says that it's compared to a choyla, a sick person. A sick person goes to the doctor, and the doctor says to him, you should know, don't drink cold drinks. The doctor says to him, don't sleep in a cold, damp bed. However, he doesn't want to listen to the doctor. So the doctor says like this, I'm telling you right now, if you're going to drink cold drinks, you're going to die. Like that person died from COVID. If you're going to do this, and you're going to go to a damp bed, you're going to die like that person died from COVID. Once you hear these words, you're going to die like that person, all of a sudden you get scared. And you look at the whole situation very differently. And you begin to listen to the doctor. Comes the question to mind, why does the Torah tell us that Aaron, Akoyin, is warned by God like a doctor warning a sick person? We know that when the Torah gives us an analogy, a mushal, the analogy has to fit to every detail. Why can't we simply say that Aaron was a healthy person and he went to a doctor for a yearly checkup? And in that checkup, the doctor says, by the way, you should know if you want to remain healthy and you want to live a long, healthy life, therefore make sure you diet, you exercise, etc., etc. Why must we say we're dealing here with a sick person? What was the sickness that Aaron possessed that the Torah has to warn Aaron against? And so to understand all of these questions, we look into the Erdachayim HaKadosh. 
The Rechaim says a very profound teaching, which is also brought down in Kabbalah and Chassidus. The Rechaim HaKadosh tells us, and we spoke about this many times in the past, that the sin of the two sons of Aaron was the fact that they, Hashem, as the Torah tells us in this week's portion, they came close to God, and they died. In other words, there's two things over here. Number one is coming close to God. And number two is that they died. In other words, says the Erechaim HaKadosh that the two sons of Aaron had a passionate yearning and love to connect to Almighty God. And because they had this tremendous passionate love to yearn, to connect to Almighty God, therefore they went into a place of the Holy of Holies and they knew that was the holiest place on earth. And by going there to that holy place and also drinking l'chaim, which alludes to the secrets of the Torah, because Torah is compared to water, and wine is compared to the secrets of the Torah, by entering into the secret garden of the Torah, and by entering into the secrets of Torah, they were able to elevate themselves and ascend to the highest levels of spirituality and to truly connect with God. So, they came close to God. However, that wasn't the sin. The sin was Vayamusu and they died. They let go. After this level of pining and yearning to connect with God, and they reached this level of ecstasy, they did not retain their connection to the physical earth, but they expired and they let themselves go totally to become one with God. In life, in Judaism, we have in the Kabbalistic and Hasidic vernacular the terminology of Ratsui and Shuv, to run and to return. On one hand, there is the obligation of every Jew to run to God, to connect to God, to love God. As we say every day in the Shema, V'yahavta, Hashem Alekecha, you shall love God, B'chol with your entire heart, B'chol Nafshecha, with your entire soul, B'chol Moidecha, with your entire might. So right now, I must love God with my entire might. And I yearn to connect to God. I forget about the entire world. It's only me and God's face to face. This level of intimacy, this level of oneness, this union is really a mitzvah the Torah, an obligation of the Torah. And this was the level that the two sons of Aaron acquired by going into the Holy of Holies and truly connecting with God. This was a beautiful thing. This was a, a very important thing. This is a path that all of us must emulate. However, the second part was a mistake. Vayim Muswan, they died. They did not return back here on earth. They only connected to God, but did not come back down here. There's a famous story in the Talmud that Rabbi Akiva and his colleagues entered into the Pardes. They entered into the secrets of the Torah, the secret garden, and it says over there that three of the other rabbis were damaged by this experience. One even died. However, Rabbi Akiva says, Nichnas b'shalem v'yatza b'shalem. He went in to this secret garden of the secrets of the Torah, of this mystical heavenly place. He went into this place, says the Talmud, b'shalom, with peace. And he came out with peace. And the question is asked, why must it say that he went into the garden with peace? It should be enough for the Talmud to say that even after going into Pardes, even after going into the secret garden, he came out also with peace. And 
The answer that is given is that in order to come out, you have to know how to go in. In other words, what is the purpose that you are connecting to God on this level? Why do you want to truly aspire and ascend to this level of spirituality and holiness? Is it because this is your personal desire? Is this because of your personal drug and you want to OD on Judaism, on God? Or is this God's commandment to us and our obligation to fulfill God's commandment? There are those who want to become spiritual because this is a release and a surrender to God to leave the physical everyday world. They're overwhelmed with responsibility. They're overwhelmed with difficulty and hardship. And it's time to leave. It's time to get away. It's time to connect to God and forget about the daily responsibilities of getting married, of having children. And the idea of wearing the garments of the high priest, which means to do mitzvahs. Yes, they want to pray all day. They want to connect to God all day. They want to be high in Judaism. But they don't want the responsibilities of Judaism. They just like to drink the four cups of wine on Passover. They just like to have the cheesecake on Shavuos. They just like to hear the shofar blowing on Rosh Hashanah. But there's no garments. The garments represent the mitzvahs, the practical obligations. And furthermore, they did not want to have any children. Again, children is something that ground us and bring us down into the physical world. All they wanted to get was a spiritual high. And this, the Torah tells us, is a big mistake. And this, the Torah says, is not the path of Judaism. Yes, you have to have the ratzu. You have to have the yearning to want to connect to God. But at the same time, you also need the shoiv, which means the return to come back down into the world and take this ecstasy and to take this love of God and take to take this yearning for God and to bring it into our daily routine, into the garments and into everything that we do through marriage and through children and through Torah mitzvahs to live a, a life of Torah by following the 613 commandments of the Torah, which allude to the 248 limbs of the human body and the 365 arteries of the human body. And so says the Torah that what was the reason that Aaron's sons had this yearning for God, had this sickness? Because in truth, it came from their father, Aaron. Like father, like son. It was passed on from father to son. Aaron not only was a high priest, not only was the brother of Moshe Rabbeinu, but Rashi tells us, and he brings a, a mushal, a parable, from Rabbi Eliezer ben Isaiah, that Aaron HaKoyim was spiritually sick. What was the sickness that he had? He had a passionate love and a passionate yearning for God. And therefore, Rashi gives us the parable that when a sick person comes to the doctor, the doctor tells him you are to know that if you don't want to die like Nadav and Aviyu, if you don't want to die like that other person, Therefore, don't drink cold water and don't go into a damp bed because it's the na nature of a person that has a fever to want to cool down by drinking this, this cold water and by going into this damp bed. And therefore, Aaron Akoyin having this desire to connect to God, he had a fever and he had a passionate love for God would want to go into the Holy Temple, would want to go into the Holy of Holies without his garments. And says Rashi, no, 
You can only go into the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur. And you have to wear the priestly garments. And you have to bring these sacrifices, these offerings on the altar. And more than that, you have to be married. It says you have to ask a forgiveness for your family, for your wife and yourself. The Kohen Gadol, the high priest, though he was holy and though he was high and though he was a priest, he had to be married. If he was not married, he was not eligible to go into the Holy of Holies. Because when there is the rotsoi, when there is the yearning and the passion to go into the Holy of Holies, at the same time, the intention must be shoiv to come back down with that new inspiration and with that new love that you have for God and to pervade the garments and to inspire your neighbors and to inspire one's family and children that they too should serve and follow in the ways of Almighty God. And therefore we find that we read that this time of the year, ethics of our fathers, between Passover and Shavuos. What does it say in ethics of our fathers? Against your will shall you live. Now, who heard of a person that wants to die? Why must the ethics of our fathers tell us? Against your will shall you live. A healthy, normal person wants to live. Why are we instructed and why are we commanded that this is the way that we have to live our life? Against your will shall you live. But the answer is there are two types of people. There are those people who are living to die and those people who are dying to live. Living to die means all my life I live to die. I want to go higher and higher spiritually and I want to be aloof and totally, totally segregated and in quarantine from the everyday world. This is living to die. Says the Torah, no, that's not the normal life of a Jew. You should not be in quarantine. You should not be alone, away from society. There are times that you have to do that, but this is not the norm. Don't get used to this quarantine. Don't get used to staying home all day and not working and sleeping and eating as whatever you want and getting gaining weight. That's not the, the purpose of Yiddishkeit. The purpose of Judaism is the shoiv. It's to die to live. You have to want to die to live, even though it's difficult to live. 613 mitzvahs is a big responsibility. And to have a daily job is a big responsibility. And to raise children and diaper children and to feed children and to pay tuition, these are difficulties. Yet says the Torah, you should know that against your will shall you live. You have to die to live, even though this is truly a struggle, even though this is truly a challenge. And even though it's much easier to live, to die, to enter into the Holy of Holies without garments, without marriage, without children, without responsibility, this is not why your soul came down to this earth. It's not to live in a life of quarantine because of COVID-19, but you have to get out of the house, God willing, very soon, when God will bring upon this world a remedy. And some doctor will find some sort of a vaccine to bring healing to the entire world. Right now you have the opportunity to go into the Holy of Holies. Right now you have the opportunity to connect with God. And that is also a mitzvah. That's the daily mitzvah of loving God with your entire heart, with your entire soul. But that is not the ultimate objective. That's not where we are supposed to remain. On the contrary, you have to die to live. You have to want to live in the everyday world. My dear friends, we just celebrated Yom Hazikoron. 
the day of remembrance for the soldiers of Israel who gave their lives, who gave their lives for Almighty God. I want to tell you a beautiful story that I just read and I've heard many times in the past, but I just read it yesterday. And that is, there was a general in the Yom Kippur War that 40 years after the Yom Kippur War came into a shul in Chicago. And the reason why he came into the shul in Chicago was to say Kaddish for his mother. And together with him was a bodyguard. He walked into the shul and Rabbi Levi Bukit, one of the parishioners in the synagogue, walked over to him and said, Sir, I see that you're new here. How can I help you? And the man said, yes, I would like to say Kaddish for my mother. And Rabbi Levi Bukit took out the sitter and showed him where to say the Kaddish. And he also asked him, by the way, would you like to put on tefillin? He says, yes, that would be beautiful. I would like to put on tefillin as well. And so he put on tefillin with this gentleman who was at that time in his 80s. And he said Kaddish for his mother. At the end of the prayer service, he turned to Rabbi Levi and he said, you know, you seem to be a very fine gentleman. I would like to share a story with you that I personally had with the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He said, wow, that's great. I'd love to hear a story. He said, however, I don't want to do it in the synagogue amongst a lot of people. Come, take me to a private room. And so they went into a private room and he said as follows, you should know, I was a general in the Yom Kippur War in 1974. I had a platoon of 150 men. Unfortunately, in one day, 32 of my people, 32 of my soldiers were killed. And this was devastating for me. As a general, not only am I responsible for the soldiers themselves, as a general, I am responsible for the entire family, for the soldier's wife and children and parents. And I need to talk to each one of them and explain to them what happened. And I am I'm responsible to take responsibility after this death to make sure the family has all their needs and the family is attended to. And so he said that it was a terrible, terrible time for me. I fell into a deep, deep depression and anxiety. I even was suicidal. I wanted to give up my life. I wanted to die. A few months after the war, I was called by Washington together with other generals to go and to debrief them of the war, to tell them what we learned, to tell them what we can do better for the future. And before I left to America, I was called by Rabbi Shlomo Medanchik, one of the, the mayors of Krachabad. And he told me, I hear you are going to New York. And he told the general, I worked out that you should have the opportunity to meet the Lubavitcher Rebbe and talk to the Rebbe about your situation. The general was very excited. He said, fine, I will go to Washington. And after I go to Washington, I will make a detour back to New York and meet the Lubavitcher Rebbe. He said, I came into the Rebbe's office and the Rebbe greeted me like an old friend. And he smiled at me and he warmed me up. And for one and a half hours, we were talking. He said at that time, I was crying and the Rebbe was crying. And the Rebbe's love for Israel and the Rebbe's love for the soldiers and the Rebbe's tremendous knowledge that the Rebbe had for all of the secrets in the army that only the top generals knew was astonishing. And then I told the Rebbe, you know, 
I lost 32 soldiers in the war. And the Rebbe was listening, and as I was talking about my soldiers and the families, the Rebbe said, by the way, I believe it was 34 soldiers. He said, Rebbe, no, I'm the general. <clears throat> I know it was my people. It was actually 32 soldiers. And the Rebbe did not argue with him, and they continued to talk. And after he left the meeting, and he went back to Israel, he found out that two more of the soldiers that were wounded in the war of Yom Kippur, they actually died. And therefore a total of 34 soldiers from his platoon actually perished. A few months later, again, he was called upon by Washington. He went back down to Washington. And then he decided, if I'm going to Washington, I might as well go to visit the Rebbe in New York. And so, on the way back, he stopped off again by the Rebbe in New York. And the Rebbe again greeted him warmly. And again, they spoke for an hour and a half about Eretz Yisrael and the Holy Land of Israel. And the Rebbe again spoke about these soldiers that passed away and he called them Kedoshe Elyon, the holy, the holy supernal soldiers of Israel. And at that time, the general said, by the way, Rebbe, I want to tell you, you were right. It was 34 soldiers. But how did you know? How does the Lubavitch Rebbe, <clears throat> sitting here in New York, how is he so privy to all of this knowledge? And the Rebbe said to the general, you are to know. And he took his finger and he began to tap it onto the desk in which he was sitting. He said, you should know that every neshama, every soul that comes down into this world, and every neshama and every soul that leaves this world, passes through this office. These were the words of the Rebbe to this general. And so on a time of Yom HaZikoron, where we remember the soldiers that have passed away in the Holy Land of Israel, defending the Holy Land. And on this day that we speak and we think about the, the people who have died because of COVID-19, and they too are fighting for their lives. We are remembered that God has gifted us another day God has given us another opportunity. And so we have to die to live. We have to use this opportunity every day to make the world a better place and a more beautiful place. And even though there's a struggle, and even though we would rather stay in quarantine in the Holy of Holies and not have the obligations of the everyday world, we need to pray to God to once again give us this opportunity to go out into the world and to earn a living and to do more mitzvot and to truly create a garden for God, and we hope and pray that this descent of the terrible pandemic will bring about a greater ascent, a world of, of knowledge and a world of love and a world of unity with the coming of Mashiach immediately, speedily in our days. Amen. Have an amazing day, everybody, an amazing week. And as you know, this month is Ani Hashem Refecha. I am God, your healer, that God should bring upon healing to each and every one of us, speedily, imminently in our days. God bless you all. Thank you.